Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Relatable Voice podcast. On today's episode, we are headed to Pittsburgh to speak with Joe Hillard. Joe is a book author, and his first book is Warminster Saga. The last keeper is out now. So, Joe, you are from Pittsburgh, and that's such a small word. I lived in Pittsburgh, and I absolutely love the city, especially the view of the three rivers, the PPG Glass Building, and downtown. So what it's would... It's a wonderful city. It is. And what would you recommend to our listeners to experience if they visit Pittsburgh? Well, I would recommend a few things. First of all, uh, there is a almost world famous sandwich here called the Permanti sandwich, which is basically uh, some kind of meat on a sandwich that features coleslaw and French fries. And the, the, the beginnings of that came from the days of all of the, the mills that were one time in Pittsburgh and the shifts on the the guys at the time only had 30 minutes to eat lunch and so instead of having a salad and fries and, and a sandwich the permanis brothers decided to stick it all onto one sandwich so that they could come they could leave the mill get a sandwich and get back to work within that 30 minutes and so it was uh, you know it's sort of legendary for you know growing up here and now it's all over the country people try to copy it there are even other kind of Permanis um, restaurants around the, the, the country, uh, but the original started here. And, and even though it might not sound delicious to, to everybody, it is, it is a staple of the region. You've got to try it while you're here. Um, I would also recommend and, and the Church Brewworks, which is an old Roman Catholic church in a place called Lawrenceville, uh, that when they closed their doors permanently, they were bought by a brewer. And the brewery makes not only a uh, like a wood-fired pizza where the Eucharist used to be, but on the altar, they worship the, the, the god of beer and they make six local microbrews uh, there, uh, some of which are pretty European in their taste and also, I would say, uh, in their alcohol content. Uh, but if you like beer and pizza, and you like old churches and architecture, it's one heck of a place to go and, and you can get a, you know, a bang for your buck there. Mm -hmm. And I love the church brewery. Actually, the first time I went there, I said, am I 
it is, it is a sin that I'm here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think they play on that a lot. I mean, the fact that the altar is filled with beer is kind of, uh, it's kind of funny, but, uh, you know, it, it, it works and it's a staple of the region. I would recommend both of those. And, you know, so I like everything you can do in, in summer, but winter is so cold for me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not for everybody here. If you like the snow and you like cold, you know, there's a couple of ski resorts. There's obviously a lot of extreme sports around here uh, that you can do. Or if you're a fan of American football or ice hockey, then you're in the right place. Uh, but just to give you an example, today is mid-May and uh, May 10th. May 4th or 5th, last week, it was only 36 degrees. So, you know, temperature, sometimes the winters here can last a lot longer than in other places. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if, if it's in your heart and you can take it, uh, then it's the place to be. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'm, I'm always in Pittsburgh when I go to the U.S. I have a special, you know, feeling for this city. And so... You told me that you write since you were a kid. Why did you start writing so early? So it was um, something that happened and it was a bit of serendipity. So my, my uncle, uh, who was like a second father to me, was paralyzed in war. And my mother became his, his home nurse when he came home. And he was a quadriplegic, which meant he really had very limited movement. Uh, and so, but he could move his arms, uh, but he couldn't move his fingers. And so they balled his fingers up into a fist permanently, but they fashioned a sort of a, a device that slid in between and he could type on a computer or in this case, a typewriter back in the day. And he was a little bit of a hero to me. And I grew up by his bedside. He was at first in a wheelchair and then his condition worsened. He was bedridden, but that was his form of escapism writing. So um, even though he couldn't enjoy a lot of the things that we all kind of take for granted, uh, you know, to me, even at a young age, he was a hero. He was not only a war hero, but also a second father. And, you know, and so I wanted to be him, you know, and he taught me how to write. And he wrote mostly horror novels and thrillers. Uh, and he would put these small short stories or periodical or uh, uh, serials into periodicals, like magazines and stuff like that. And then... Uh, one day I came home from school, I was in the fourth grade, and uh, there was a contest that I saw for eighth graders, it was an eighth grade writing class. And he said, you're going to write and you're going to win this thing. And we wrote it and he didn't help me. He edited it, you know what I mean, to, to make it better. But it was my writing. It was and I submitted it and I won. And my mother took me to pick up the award. And of course, it was filled with a bunch of eight, bunch of eighth graders, and I was there in fourth grade. Oh. And uh, so they they gave me the award. They didn't disqualify me, uh, but suffice to say, they checked uh, ages moving forward after that. But if it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have been as involved in in the writing experience that has led me to uh, this part of my career. So uh, I think it was you know part family, part experience, and you know, something I'm, I'm grateful for. And I, I, I honor him in my writing. So your uncle was an inspiration for you. He was, it was uh, one of those things where you don't realize it at the time. You just take, you know, Hey, he's part of the family and this is what it was like. And, 
you know, you grow up and there's nothing that's not normal about his condition. Uh, and then as you get older and you experience the world, you realize what a struggle that was for him. Uh, and uh, he took it in stride and he never complained about it. He was, you know, there not only as an inspiration, but it was someone that helped me cultivate my creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, we played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. And if you've ever played or know what the game is, it's a role-playing game. And that was a form of escapism for him. So even though he couldn't leave his room or even his bed at times, um, he could be whoever he wanted in the game and it was able to be transformative for him. And so we ended up playing together. Uh, and that also helped me as a fantasy adventure writer. I mean, a lot of the stories that I'm writing about were things that we experienced playing these games. Uh, so it was an easy transition from what I do for my day job to what I do uh, you know, for this, uh, this author uh, part of, of me that, you know, now that I'm, I'm published and I'm, uh, you know, and the book is out there, I don't think I'll ever quit writing. Yeah, this story is fascinating. And so why did you decide to publish books after so many years writing? You know what I mean? Why just now? Sure. So my, my day job is as a Washington, D.C. lobbyist. So I work on the Hill probably with, I would say the majority of my clients are either defense companies or technology companies that are looking to work with the government and develop their products or sell their services to um, various departments and agencies of the federal government. Um, And I've been writing every day as part of that. I write legislation, I write speeches, I write advocacy pieces, I write grants, I write contracts. So for me, it was just the habit of writing was always there. But then COVID happened. And I'm one of those COVID era authors. And, um, you know, I didn't have anything to do. The government was shut down. We weren't allowed to travel to D.C. Everything became virtual like we're doing today. And as a result, my wife looked at me and she said, you're not sitting around doing nothing for the next year. Go do something. And I said, well, if I'm going to be stuck in my house for a while, I might as well write that novel I've been, you know, that's been stuck in the top drawer for the last 20 years. And I dusted it off, cleaned it up, and I shared it with a, um, a professor friend of mine. And she read it uh-huh. and said, you know what, this has potential. You need to work on a certain number of things. Like he, she, she coached me on, you know, pacing the novel a little better. Uh, she coached me on dialogue, which was a problem for me because I had never written dialogue before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, once I got the habit of it, you know, I got introduced by, by my editor to my eventual publisher. And they said, you know what, we publish your kind of, of novels, but we don't do just one. We do a series. Mm-hmm. So what was once going to be a book now became a four book series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, you know, the second one comes out here in the summer and the next two will subsequently come out, uh, you know, around the holidays and then this time next year. So I'm hoping to have the the series done sometime by mid 2023, and wow. you know we'll see where that takes me. Wonderful! I think you will never want to stop writing. This is my experience with people stuck at home due to COVID lockdown. A writing boom has sparked and. These authors are coming here and they are saying, Lucy, I want to write until I die because it's never late to start. 
And now mm -hmm. it's like everybody who started writing just want to keep writing and writing. And I don't think you will stop in four books. No, <laughs> no, definitely. Well, let's hope not. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. And uh, it's a form of escapism. I mean, I get a lot of realism in my day to day life. Right. Working with the companies I work with, they are they are tough. Uh, there's a lot of realism on Capitol Hill uh, and the kind of folks that I deal with. Um, this is my my form of escapism. Right. I get to be somebody I'm not. Even when you look at my biography that I put in the book, I wrote it not from who I was, yeah. but I wrote it from a chronicler of the people in the book. So I'm in their world with them living and seeing through their eyes. And I thought that that was something that was uh, whimsical and fun to do, but it, it was also where I come from here. Like you have to immerse yourself in their cultures, in their languages, in a variety of, 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 uh, of things that, that will help you world build when you're creating a new world. And, you know, I found that to be a lot of fun. And so I think that creative spark has turned into a creative fire. And I hope it doesn't go out anytime soon. Yes. Yeah. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How was your experience as a first time author? You know, it was tough. Um, in part, it was because I didn't know how to do what I was setting out to do. There is no coach or no book you can pick up that tells you how to write your novel. Mm -hmm. And in part, there are things in your head that you have to get yourself away from. Like if you watch TV shows or movies, they're not books, right? You're seeing something that someone else is seeing and showing you through their eyes. And here, when you're a reader, and I'm an avid reader, you're an avid reader, you expect to see things in books that you, you're, you're in that person's head. You're experiencing and living their life and you have to tell it as such. And you have to show and not tell. And um, you've, you know, even if it's the smallest things like the, the aroma of the food or, or, you know, the, what I did in the, in the novel was, you know, instead of using a, a standard, you know, coin based system, I created my own money for the, for the realm. They, you know, things are, you know, instead of just being a gold piece, it's a palmette or a silver piece is, is a laurel. And, you know, I gave it their own names and they had their own mint and you create these things. And sometimes you dig too deep. Uh, but I think that, you know, once you, you, I got around a team of people that could help me do that. My right, my, the right development editor, the right copy editor, the right publisher, you know, 
people like that, they knew what I was writing. They helped direct me. Yeah. And from there, I just got better and better. So the first book is I'm hoping, you know, that just the beginning and that I get better with every book as I continue to write. Mm -hmm. And talking about your first book, you published The Last Keeper, the first book of Warminster Saga. So without giving too much away, so can you tell us a little bit about this book? Sure. So it's a, it's a classic struggle between um, a young man who's graduated from a school that trains prophets and seers so that they can go and advise the leadership of the realm of Warminster on things that they're seeing and they're able to divine from their gods. I call them ancients, but they're basically sort of like a Greek or Roman sort of pantheon of gods. Um, and they send hints back from the hall of the ancients through the keepers. And the keepers have this forbidden knowledge and they are revered around the realm. So queens and kings and emperors and empresses and whatever, they all listen to the keepers. Uh, but each of these seers have different types of prophecies. And the main character, Damis, has honoramancy, which is the ability to see the future when you sleep. Uh, so it's like a, you know, sort of a medieval Edgar Cayce. Um, and he sees the return of a fallen keeper, a man who used his powers for his own good and the fallen keepers coming back to destroy the cathedral where they all, so he wants to take revenge on their God for punishing him. And so in his dreams, he slowly begins to see the, the villain, the antagonist coming back and it's what happens there. It's that dynamic between the two of them, almost kind of a false prophet versus the chosen one kind of set up and it's him and his friends that have to venture forth to stop uh, the, the path of revenge that the villain has taken. Wow, it's fantasy, it's pure fantasy and adventure, yes? Yeah, that's exactly, I, you know, and like I mentioned before, I've taken a lot of, of cues from gaming, you know, whether it's a video game or whether it's a role-playing game um, or just, you know, traditional storytelling, you'll find a lot of, of inspiration that I've borrowed from various cultures around the world, uh, Nordic cultures, uh, Mediterranean cultures, Indian cultures, uh, African cultures, where I'm taking things from them wow. that people haven't seen and I've twisted them and put kind of a Dungeons and Dragons or Game of Thrones kind of spin on, on them. So there's magic, there's swords and sorcery. If you like that kind of stuff, then you're in the, you're in the right place. I love these kind of stories. And I have to ask you about your main character. His name is Demos. Is correct? Yes. Demos. How is your creative process? Do you first create the character, Demos, or you started with the plot? So um, this is a strange question for me because I have mm -hmm. two answers for it. Um, the first is probably more interesting, so I'll start with that. So Damus comes from a real-life experience that I had. When I was about Damus's age, which would have been my high school and early college years, I started having a set of recurring nightmares. Um, and the villain that I've cast in the book was the villain in my nightmares. And what was strange about the nightmares was that the they didn't start over, 
and it wasn't the same nightmare over and over. They would start where they stopped the last time. And they weren't every day. Sometimes there'd be two or three months before I would have it. But when they would start back up, it would be the same dream that I was in. It just had never finished. And the the villain in, in the book, Great Taurus, is sort of takes on the villain in my nightmares, which is a, a man who had presented himself to me as my guardian angel and asked me to do things in real life. And then when I didn't do them, he was upset with me. And as a result, he punished me in my dreams. And it was just weird. And then it just eventually stopped. But I've taken that experience, which was horrifying, and turned it into uh, this plot hole uh, that, you know, in the, in the character plot between Damis and Grey Taurus. And I took the name Damis from Nostradamus. I just cut off the Nostra and kept the last part of it. So I named my prophet after a real life prophet. He just goes by Damis instead of Nostradamus. And that's how that came up. But to answer your second question, mm-hmm. I write my stories backwards. So as I, I know, I know, I saw the look. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to explain it. I'm left-handed, maybe it has something to do with that. But really in truth, I know the endings before I know the beginning. And so I, in my head, I know how I want the story to end or how the story to go. And I write backwards usually to make sure that I encapsulate everything and I don't miss any plot holes or facts or anything in my in my stuff so I'm a plotter or a planner Mm -hmm. I know in in our business that sometimes you're either a plotter or a pantser I am the opposite of a pantser I I plot everything and I can't just start writing and I'll stop like I I need a direction like I need a map or a compass Mm -hmm. and so I have a tendency to you know from for my process I've got a big whiteboard in my den and I will write out the character arcs and the plot lines and make sure they all intersect and end at the, you know, at the climax of the book. And then I start at the climax and write backwards to the beginning. Wow. So. It's difficult for me, at least. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way I know how to do it. It's weird. I know. <laughs> and uh, so are you working on anything that you would like to share with our listeners? Sure. So I currently am working on book two, which mm-hmm. is going to be called Borden's Lair. Uh, and it's a follow up from The Last Keeper. And it'll pick up where The Last Keeper takes off. Literally, same day, same time. There's no gap in, the, in between. And that book will come out in August of this year. Uh, the third book, which will be called The Trillius Gambit, will be uh, released around the holidays of this year. And then the last book, uh, in a series, which will be called Echoes of Ghostwood, uh, will be launched uh, in the end of the first quarter of 2023. So the, you know, the series, as far as epic fantasy goes, I mean, I know that's a really ambitious writing schedule, but I already have book two in editing. I've got book three written. I've got book four outlined. So I know where it's going. It's just a matter of putting in the time to get it written. Uh, and that's what I'm working on now. So um, I've got that. And I also write a serial, uh, like a once a month, very small story for Altered Reality Magazine, which is an online ma- magazine that f- features fantasy and sci-fi stories. And I write a, a story in that called The Element of Time, which is about a little girl who grows up and learns that she's actually a siren, as opposed to a, a little girl. She finds out she's more of a mermaid than, than she is anything else. And it's from her perspective as she grows. And of course, the villain in that looks like it's her savior and it turns out to be someone that's using her. So it's a, it's a, um, 
that's a fun story, but it only comes out once a month at the first of every month. And so you just pick up with the next small chapter uh-huh. uh, as you go and visit that site. And those are the two projects I've got working on right now. Right, wonderful. And where can we find you online? Please give me your social media, your website, also how we can find these stories. Sure, sure. So my website is pretty simple. It's www.jvhilliard.com. Uh, if you're looking for me on social media, you can find me at TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at jvhilliardbooks or on Facebook at JV Hilliard. And then my books are available through most of the major distribution channels. So if you like a ebook and you want to download it off of Amazon or Apple Books or Scribe, uh, you'll find it there. If you prefer paperback, you can order it from Dragon Moon Press, which is my um, publishing company, as well as print on demand stuff through Amazon and a handful of others like Barnes and Noble. Uh, that do that. Or if you like audiobooks, I've got an audiobook and you can download that through Audible, you know, Kobo Rakuten, uh, again, Apple Books, uh, Scribe. You can find it in a variety of different places, about 20 different places where you find uh, audiobooks for that kind of stuff. So it's available. The others will be on the same platforms. Uh, and you can also buy it right off my website if, if you choose to do so while you're there. Thank you. Thank you very much. I Thank love- you very much for having yeah. It's been my pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.